Factor is the solution for your tax and accounting needs. Call us today. Your initial consultation is always free at Harker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. Wrap Plumbing and Heating has been serving Sheridan since 2010. With all these years of experience, you can rely on them to handle all of your plumbing and heating needs. From new construction to remodels, repairs of existing systems to retrofitting, Wrap Plumbing and Heating can do it all. They are professional, clean, and courteous. Call 429-1196 for all your plumbing or heating needs. As we like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. First Federal Bank and Trust is excited to announce the First Federal Community Commitment Program. Each week for 52 weeks starting in January, First Federal will select a Sheridan County nonprofit who will receive $1,000 in cash, plus Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. You can find an entry form at any First Federal Bank location or online at efirstfederal.bank. If you've received a donation from First Federal in the last three years, you're automatically entered into the drawing. Community Commitment, presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. Want to save money this holiday season? At Legacy Diamond & Gems, they have a wide selection of beautiful jewelry all on sale up to 50% off. Their total store renovation in 2023 motivates them to sell at discounts like never before. Again, save up to 50% off in-stock items only for a limited time. Hurry into Legacy Diamond & Gems while the selection is at its best and where quality and value are always in style. Legacy Diamond & Gems, 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. The wish you could smell this ad deal. Because if you could, you'd be smelling McDonald's fries right now. And they smell like McDonald's fries. Enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like six-piece chicken McNuggets, hot and spicy McChicken, or McDouble, each paired with small fries. And add in any size Coke or sweet tea. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. The Sheridan County Chamber of Commerce and Sheridan Media invite you to vote in this year's Christmas Stroll People's Choice Lighting and Decorating Contest. Visit SheridanMedia.com to see the list of businesses participating in the contest. Visit each business and check out both their indoor and outdoor decorations. Then vote for your favorite at SheridanMedia.com. You can vote once per day through 11 p.m. on December 11th. For questions, contact the Chamber at 672-2485. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. The holiday season is well upon us, and although this is a time for family, friends, and coming together, there are still some safety concerns that one should keep in mind to protect loved ones and property. And joining me this morning to talk about those is the chief for the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and Captain Tom Ringley. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, Floyd. Floyd. Now, uh, how's how's the month been down at the PD so far? It's been a very, very good month. Um, we just um, hired on a new officer yesterday, or Monday. Uh, Ethan Cox has come to us. He's a, a Marine Reserve unit, in, in the Marine Reserve unit out of Billings, but... Uh, has lived in a couple different places, so we welcome him aboard to the city of Sheridan with our police department. He'll start his initial training, and we'll be attending basic training down in January in Douglas. So That's we're fantastic. very excited about that. Overall, it's been a great month. Thanksgiving, we got through the Thanksgiving 
Thank everybody over eight, but uh, and that's about the extent <laughs> that's kind of, of the point. Right? It was actually it was a really good weekend for the police department. You know that extended four day weekend comes with some challenges once in a while. A lot of people back in town, a lot of celebrations, but it it, uh, it went very well for the for the overall weekend. That's good to hear. No major incidences, no no major DUI offenses that we can think of. No, nothing other nothing abnormal, I guess, kind of apart for the course. But I think it was actually a little slow, maybe even a little slower than years past. Which is nice for Which is your good. department. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The Sheridan Police Department also announced that you have sworn in the first officer of the new Reserve Police Officer Program. And that officer is a familiar face. Who is this familiar face? It's uh, Officer Megan Phillips, who worked for us for approximately three years. Um, as a, uh, Actually, a whole year before that, in 2017, as a dispatcher. Um, she was super young, but um, she proved to us at a very early age, that she, or stage in her dispatch career, that she was definitely officer material. And... We hired her as an officer. She was the honor grad, her peace officer basic course in Douglas. I read that and just, and wow. She's also a firearms instructor. Um, she re- resigned um, her officer position with us because she has a really fantastic life, and she wanted to enjoy that to its full extent. But she's, throughout her absence, she's actually been helping us by filling in and dispatch, especially during the pandemic. because She really helped us out a lot, and she's the first one that we're... Um, welcoming back as a reserve officer. That's fantastic. Um, and what a resource. Yeah, she Megan is highly competent. I mean, firearms instructor, yeah. honor grad. Wow. Yep. Uh, it's great to see her put the shield on. You know, these programs too, and, and with the reserve program, the standards are the exact same as the rest of our officers. We do not compromise standards for our reserve program. They have to go through the same physical testing, all the same um, interviews, written testing, uh, psychological polygraph like standards to get on as a reserve are the exact same as they are to go on full time. It's just designed and catered to people who want to give back and aren't quite ready to commit. You know, it's not designed as a as a point of entry into the police department. It's designed for those that say they either have a different career, another career that they're doing, but they they have a desire to serve their community in this capacity and have the qualifications that, to do so. And so that's that's where Megan's at right now, and we we, we welcome her back. Absolutely. So she's a valuable uh, resource for our department. How is that program being received within the community? Are we getting a lot of participation or a lot of people? We're wanting... getting a lot of inquiries. And let's remember, Megan's the first officer we have, and it's a right. new program. So she's the ideal person to, to test it out on, especially the, there are certain requirements as to how much time they uh, we would require for them to be on patrol, how much time to uh, fill in dispatch and, and training requirements. So we're going to take it very slow. Yeah. Um, but it's got, we've got great community feedback from all levels from city council to just our, to our regular residents. Um, this month we're interviewing another gentleman who's, who's interested, who's a retired officer from somewhere else. He has the same characteristics as Megan, but we're, we're going to do the crawl walk run thing. Yeah, we're not absolutely. Have five brand new reserve officers and, um, all of a sudden, everything back up, and on top of all the other stuff we have to do, so we're going to ease into it, and it's kind of it's going to be the thing. We, we we know the right person when they meet our requirements. I I've even had an inquiry uh, from someone out in the public who came up and said, "What do you know about this program?" And you know, their father was in law enforcement, and they, it was just something that they didn't end up taking a career path in, and mm-hmm. they have a very successful career, but they thought, you know. 
I've always wanted to do something like that. So, and, that, and that's exactly what it's designed for, for that, that person. Whether they are retired, whether they have served in, in, the, in the law enforcement capacity, or whether they never have, you know, that there's no set mold for it, but it's other than that person that wants to give back in that law enforcement capacity, that wants to give to the community. And so that's, that's what we're looking for in this program. And, and like the captain said, it's, we're not going to just <laughs> jump into the scalding water feet first. You know, we're going to, we're going to make sure we, we, we do this right. We're going to make sure that whatever bugs or kinks may be in the, in our program, we're going to work those out. So we have a very fluid program and, and it's specifically designed on those special events when we need a little bit of extra staffing or we have a shortage due to, well, pandemic, you know, um, any, any things like those that we can make some phone calls and still keep our, our staffing at a level that we can provide the safety to the community. A fantastic program, and uh, I'm looking forward to maybe even speaking with a reserve officer in the future who's gone through the program. Um, now, let's move on to the holidays. What are your concerns around the holidays? What, what are some things some folks should keep in mind? Um, don't over, don't in, overindulge to the point where you can't take care of yourself and yeah. make good decisions. Um, historically, our alcohol-related incidents increase of, over um, the second half of December into the first half of January because it's holiday season. Christmas parties. Lots of Christmas parties. Um, and we remind people that the same rules apply um, every day of the year. And there, there, there's, there are no freebies just because it's Christmas time. Um, but we'd remind people like we always do, just be responsible. If you're going to, we highly encourage people to have a good time and enjoy themselves, but do so responsibly. Have a, a plan to um, get home safely. Now, real quick, what are the ride home options available to those who may have had one too many at the Christmas party? You know, like you said, that maybe it's somebody who doesn't do this very often, and all of a sudden they find themselves. And this is the kind oh, of thing geez. people need to research ahead of time. They're, they're the private rides home where you pay someone. There's also the the safe rides home, or the free rides home program um, that the liquor uh, dealers participate in, but not all do. Almost all of them do, but find out beforehand that um, be wise, whether yeah. or not the, the place you're going to is a participant. Otherwise you can ask someone to call you a taxi, which is always the right answer. Uh, you just might uh, be on the, um, be on the hook for the full fare. Just make sure you've got that taxi money yes. in your pocket. And that's the pocket you don't reach into to buy a drink, right? <laughs> like just yes. it's, Or keep it in your sock, wherever you got to keep it. Just have that available just in case one too many, and you got to get home. Yeah, and this is looks like it's going to be a colder winter than usual. And already we've um, this this month we've responded to two people passed out on sidewalks oh, in, that's, in, uh, in extremely cold temperatures. Luckily, uh, Good Samaritans called in and, and told us, and we were able to get to the people while they were still asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they were fine. But that that's the other major hazard. Um, of the winter time and this season is it's cold and hyperthermia will set in in, in no time. And people it, people it, forget you can, you can die from exposure at 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Uh, that's, that's the threshold only 50 degrees Fahrenheit, which if it was 50 right now, we'd be in t-shirts outside. Absolutely. Right? But that is the threshold for dying of exposure. And so when we're talking 20 degrees and the humidity, what it is, or even colder than that, it does not take the body long to go and become hypothermic. And it's unfortunately happened here and we, we want to avoid that at all costs. There are alternative ways to get home. There are people that will give you rides. There are taxis. There are safe rides. There are means, so utilize them. And the, 
the if safest you over- way is not to overindulge right. to the point you have to even think about these decisions. Um, one thing we've noticed over our careers is people tend to, who don't normally overindulge um, and aren't used to drinking large amounts of alcohol do, and they're not used to it and um, can't really process it that well. Um, Even somebody I know uh, over <laughs> over Halloween had one too many yeah. <laughs> and, and it, you know, had a safe ride home. That was all good. But boy, the sick, <laughs> you know, the sick, just not used to it. Mm-hmm. And then you get in that bar environment. You're having a great time. And somebody says, let's take some shots. It, yeah, sure. And yeah, there's and, a lot of people that come oh. home, that come home for the holidays and they see friends out. And so it, it is very celebratory and we want to, we want to encourage people to, to have a good time. But again, it's responsible. It's about being responsible and doing so. And making sure that you've got a ride in this cold weather. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because I had a friend who was working in an establishment in Rock Springs and they were going to work and they found someone who went behind the place yep. and, and laid down by the dumpster and passed away. Yeah, and it's due unfortunate. We, we both literally peeled people off sidewalks. To, to it's just horrible. Um, and it, it, it is horrible. In the, I think two years ago, we had someone pass away in a stairwell of a, an unheated stairwell of an apartment building that this couldn't apparently find their key or get in yeah. into their apartment, and they, they passed away as well. So it, we're not just saying this to scare people. It, it's it something happens. We, it's a problem we're truly trying to um, prevent. So make sure you got a ride home, folks. Um, another thing is there's a lot of stress on individuals this time of year. Uh, and so mm-hmm. alcohol is not the answer, but it's where we go sometimes as, as people. Yeah. Traditionally there, we, we seem to see an uptick in, in, uh, family related incidents of violence or, or arguments, you know, financial things come to the surface with Christmas and trying to provide a Christmas for the family. And it becomes a very stressful time. Sometimes you got family members that, Maybe it's best that they're out of town and, yeah. and you guys don't live together or live in the same location. Come back and some un- unresolved issues may come to the surface. So traditionally, the department sees a, a slight uptick in, in those types of situations that we're, we're, we're providing some sort of intervention and trying to provide different means for that people to resolve their issues, um, some resources to, that will help them to, to prevent any kind of any violent actions happening. So that's, that's another thing. It does become stressful in the holidays. You know, you're trying... People really want to provide everything they can for their families, and and sometimes the means just aren't there. And this is going to be, you know, we understand with with there's a lot of other factors in play in this year, but since 2020 that we we're aware of, and you know, we want to encourage people to to find the best solution they can to any issues they have. So take that extra breath, count to ten, uh, you know, step outside, whatever you've got to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I can completely understand that. Yeah, <laughs> I think all of us have got that one family member, and and a lot of this begins with the server, um, the ind- and I'm not blaming them. I'm saying that they see. I mean, I I tended bar for a while, and and I knew people by the drink. Yeah, you know, not their name. <laughs> <clears throat> so we understand a lot of, about what's going on in someone's life. And you can get advanced training on that. The Sheridan Police Department will present tips training from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday, December 10th at the Police Department building. Has this class filled up? Is there still seats and can um, people still get in there? There should still be seats. Um, people can uh, call the police department and ask for uh, Corporal John Snoozy. 
and and he can give them information we've it's not if we need more space we can certainly move to a bigger room perfect yeah it's not really limited by size and it it's a great program and and servers um within the city of they really do do a good job they do they um, do especially on the weekends when it's busy as it gets um and they're having to keep track of everyone they've they've been very diligent and they've certainly been calling us um not only asking for walkthroughs um but also just to, like hey i think there's a problem about to happen and could you please come here before it does so they, they, they do a great job and the part of that is um the tips and the, the other value of the tips training is letting the servers know we're not we have no desire to get people in trouble. No, yeah. Um, yeah. We'd m much rather walk through and have a relationship with them so they feel comfortable with us and they, they know they, that they can call us. Yeah, yeah. And, and tips training is, is extremely valuable. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is an ordinance saying that all of our service within city limits will attend tips training. Every yeah, within 90 days of employment at a, an establishment that serves alcohol, um, servers are required to become... Certified, not necessarily in tips, but in beverage server training. So it's not specified as tips. Tips is the one we offer. Okay. That we okay. will provide free of charge. But there are others. But there are, yeah, there are others okay. out there. Um, and as long as it's one that has equal standards and qualifications to tips, and and yeah, they're good that way. So if maybe somebody comes from out of town and they they, they took some sort of beverage server training in their other state, right? And if they said, yeah, here's my card for whatever it's called. That would be sufficient, but it's got to be done within 90 days of employment. Okay. All right. When we come back, we're going to continue with our Sheridan Police Department. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust is committed to our community. Beginning in January, we'll be donating $1,000 cash each week for 52 weeks to a qualified Sheridan County nonprofit organization. And Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. First Federal is one of two mutual banks in Wyoming, which means they don't pay stockholders. They reinvest your funds right back into the place we call home. Visit efirstfederal.bank for details. Community commitment presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. 25th annual Christmas wish campaigns in full swing and we're working hard to assist where we can with the wishes we've received. Dear Christmas wish, I know a family that could really use some assistance this holiday season. The dad has to travel for unexpected radiation treatments through the next two months. Mom is on disability but has taken a part-time seasonal job and visits the food bank in an attempt to reduce the strain on their limited resources. If you're willing to help would like to donate to this family or our Christmas wish, go to sharedimmediate.com, click on the button to donate. We'd sure appreciate it. And thank you to our community partners, Atlas Chiropractic, First Federal Bank and Trust, Heartland Kubota, Advanced Auto Body, A-Line Roofing and Exteriors, Wyoming Corporate Office, and Odell Construction. The 25th Annual Christmas Wish Campaign's in full swing, and we're working hard to assist where we can with the wishes we've received. Dear Christmas Wish, I know a family that could really use some assistance this holiday season. The dad has to travel for unexpected radiation treatments through the next two months. Mom is on disability, but has taken a part-time seasonal job 
and visits the food bank in an attempt to reduce the strain on their limited resources. If you're willing to help or would like to donate to this family or our Christmas wish, go to sharedmedia.com, click on the button to donate. We'd sure appreciate it. And thank you to our community partners, Atlas Chiropractic, First Federal Bank and Trust, Heartland Kubota, Advanced Auto Body, A-Line Roofing and Exteriors, Wyoming Corporate Office, and Odell Construction. Save hundreds with a stressless sale flyer at Carol's Furniture. Celebrating 50 years of unique Norwegian design, Stressless is giving to you while you give to your favorite charity. Donate $50 or more to a charity and you'll receive $200 off any mic or max recliner in your choice of color. Or choose a Stressless chair and ottoman or a power recliner. See more offers in the Stressless flyer in this week's Country Bounty and shop Carol's Furniture in historic downtown Sheridan. Financing available with approved credit at carolsfurniture.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, we're speaking with the chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and captain of the force, Tom Ringley. Many of us have seen the doorbell camera footage, people running up to the porch and stealing delivered packages. Chief, Captain, should people be concerned about the safety of their packages, no matter where they live? People should be concerned about the security of their residents, uh, no matter where they live. Um, it's just a sign of the times we live in, but specifically um, around the holiday season when people know that people, other people are going to have um, packages delivered. They yeah. be extra careful. You know, uh, when my wife moved over here, she lived on the outskirts of Minneapolis, and she, she, her mind was just, why are you not locking the door? Why are you not locking the car? What is wrong with you? And then, you know, it, we went through this little Goldilocks period where I, I kept telling her, we don't have to do that around here. And then the, th- the thefts began and people started losing weapons. And now we lock everything. You know, it really is. Uh, growing up here, and uh, I don't think my parents knew where their house key was at when I grew up. Right. We, you know, we lived seven miles east of town and not a lot of visitors and everybody that lived around us was family. Um, but you can't, it's just, that's not the right mindset to have. We have to secure our things and it's just, uh, it's, it's a good practice for not only our property, but for our own safety. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I, it's imperative that people use those locks on their doors and use those locks on their cars. And I don't like the, well, we shouldn't have to at Sheridan. Well, unfortunately there are still people in Sheridan that steal. Yeah. And, and it's just a reality. So let's, let's do what we can. To, to make their lives more difficult. And especially, yeah, this, this Christmas season, package thefts, they happen all over. Um, we, we do see them on the cameras, on, on the doorbell cameras, uh, all over the place. Sometimes they're pretty hilarious. Um, Sometimes watching those times, owners come out, yeah. <laughs> other times not so much. But, uh, you know, we can, do, we can do some certain things. We can put some steps in place, you know, if, you know especially if you're expecting a, a rather expensive item, maybe arrange for a pickup at the facility instead of having it delivered. Yeah. You know, neighbors... That, that's the thing I love about Sheridan too is we do have great neighbors and we can we can rely on our neighbors to say hey I'm expecting some things if you you know if you see them would you grab them for me and I'll I'll come over and, and get with you and you know if you if you happen to be home because a lot of these deliveries are out while people are working and we're not necessarily there to 
to to see what's what gets delivered. Uh, sign up for tracking uh, and notifications on on applications. There's, they're really good about that. That's kind of a newer thing, I guess, in recent years. Is you know you can get notifications. Hey, your package has been delivered. And so you got you have an idea, and if you can get an opportunity to get home and get it tucked away and put inside. Fifteen minutes, run to the house. Yep, if you have that opportunity, or have a neighbor that can go grab it. Those are some ways to to keep your things safer. You know, it's, it, and you're right. Some of those videos are slightly hilarious when people get caught. But uh, I, I think to myself, you know, those are the individuals who have those doorbell cameras. And there's not a lot of those uh, out and about, is it? No, there's not a lot, but there's there's more than there was in, in years past, you know. And that's one thing we're, just as a reminder to the community, those people that do have those, we have that program at the police department um, just a registry of people that have those cameras around their around their um, houses. So if we do have crimes that occur, we have some resources to go and try to look and check some cameras out to see if anything may have been captured. So um, just a little plug for that program one Absolutely. more time. But, Absolutely. Uh, I was going to say, uh, folks, if you install a new one, maybe you get one for Christmas. Yeah, call Lieutenant Hill at the police department. They've got a registry going, and it's something that sometimes we can tap into those. We've... Surveillance footage is a very, very good tool, useful tool in, in investigating crimes nowadays. Um, and if, uh, we, you know, that, that's a way to for us if we know where their cameras and where they're pointing and kind of, you know, we don't want any access to them. We're not asking for any access. We don't want to be able to, ta- we want to know if you have that and if you'd be willing, if we have something and it cap- you, for you to look at it, say, yes, it captured something, I'll burn you a disc or or disc wow <laughs> way to date yourself I'll, I'll, sir. yeah i didn't say floppy uh put it on a jump drive and i'll get it to you or i'll email it to you or whatever however your system works and help us um solve some crimes absolutely absolutely and and you know if we got a lot of those who knows what uh, could be captured on there now uh, for many of us it is time to travel for some of us this is going to be the season for the big vacation that we take uh, some safety tips when we're out of town. Um, social media, a big player nowadays. It is. We we completely understand the the, the fun and in posting uh, holiday pictures and videos and whatnot on social media. But our advice would be to wait until you've returned from your vacation or your trip to post it. Otherwise, all all you're doing is advertising that your house is empty. You know, when it comes to certain social media platforms, boy, they ask for everything. What's your phone number? What's your address? Yeah. And then they put it all up there. Someone, you know, all they got to do is search your name and they can find all that information. Oh, well, it looks like they're at Disneyland this year. And people forget if you even, uh, you're out of town and you take a picture inside a sterile room where nobody can tell you're out of town, it still has your location. Yeah. Everything's geo-based. And so it still shows your location Some oftentimes when you put a post on certain things. So... Yeah, it's it's always best just to wait, not let not advertise it, let people know that you're out of town. You know, it's amazing how the police department has had to react. Uh, police departments all over the world have had to react to this developing social media. Yeah, and the things that we allow well, people to know about our lives. Uh, pictures of uh, expensive items. Oh yeah, whether it's a new car or something inside the house. All, all you're doing is advertising that what what you have. Um, exactly. Now, the odds are slim, but let's mitigate everything. Um, or you can also uh, control the access of who can see your um, social media account as well. What are some other tips if I go out of town where I could make my house uh, appear maybe like someone is home? or, or... Timers for your lights. Um, again, I'll go back to the neighbors. Have the neighbors 
go in and out of it. You know, if it snows, have somebody arranged to have somebody shovel the walk. Right. So it doesn't look like you're, it's very simple things that people don't think about. Um, you know, having to uh, tell your neighbors, hey, if you want to park in my driveway while I'm gone, park feel in the free. driveway, feel free yeah. to do that. Right. Um, but like I said, light timers, some different, there are different things, um, options that are out there available to make it look like that, that, that there's people moving around your house. There's so someone in there. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go all Kevin McAllister, but it's pretty smart. Uh, I really like the, the snow shoveling. That That's a great Great yeah, I mean, tip. if it's snowed, people know this. They they oh, nobody shoveled that walk in a week. Nobody's home. There's exactly. no tracks in the snow. Nobody's home. See, right? I would have never thought of people that. People are getting newspaper deliveries on their steps, arranged to have somebody pick the newspapers up or put a stop on your paper delivery in your mail. And then just run and down it, to yep, the, yep, yep. and you pick it up. Temporary, temporary stop on it while you're gone, and then you go back pick it up when you get back. Very simple things that just, things that show signs of movement and life around the around the place. You want to keep that illusion. Absolutely. All right. Uh, there's some tips for you, folks. Chief Captain, I want to thank you both for coming in and speaking with us today. Happy holidays to you and the two. And please be safe. Thanks, Floyd. Thanks, Floyd. Merry Christmas. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk with the Johnson County Commission Chair, Bill Novot. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Federal Bank and Trust is excited to announce the First Federal Community Commitment Program. Each week for 52 weeks starting in January, First Federal will select a Sheridan County nonprofit who will receive $1,000 in cash, plus Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. You can find an entry form at any First Federal Bank location or online at efirstfederal.bank. If you've received a donation from First Federal in the last three years, you're automatically entered into the drawing. Community Commitment, presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. Champion Funeral Home is dedicated to providing compassionate and personalized service to your families. They provide support, personable care, and affordable prices to Sheridan and Johnson County and surrounding areas. Champion Funeral Home has been family-owned and operated since 1911. They will comfort you in your time of need and provide your family with a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Contact Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6369. You grunt and groan every time you stand, bend, or reach. Aching bones and aching joints, they're not just painful, they're noisy. But seriously, for some, aching joints are debilitating. The specialists at Sheridan Ortho work tirelessly to end your aches and pains. From advanced hand and upper extremity surgery to computer-navigated spine surgery to complex sports medicine like hip arthroscopy, you're in good hands. Sheridan Orthopedics, serving Sheridan and the surrounding areas for over 50 years. Visit SheridanOrtho.com. Same-day appointments may be available. ERA Carroll Realty and Sheridan County Title bring you the 6th Annual Hometown Shopping Sweepstakes. This is your chance to win hundreds in gift certificates and chamber bucks from our Sheridan and Buffalo merchants. Winners get gift certificates from stores like Black Sheep Barber, Expressions Art Gallery, Window Works, and more. Blow Dorn Lumber in Sheridan, Cheesecake Squared, Urban Thrift, Sheridan Wild Sports Card, Heartland Kubota, Ebia Hearing, Clean Air Wellness, and Pride and Groom. Enter daily through December 14th. Go to the contest page at SheridanMedia.com.
Wrap Plumbing and Heating can handle any job you have, big or small. From new construction to a pesky leaking toilet, the professionals at Wrap Plumbing and Heating are here to assist you. Drippy faucet? Sure. New shower hardware? No problem. Plumbing an entire new house? For sure. Logs that need snaked? Oh yeah. Wrap Plumbing and Heating has not met a job they can't handle. Too big a crap? Call Dan Rapp at 429-1196. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by the chair of the Johnson County Commission, Mr. Bill Novotny. Good morning, Commissioner, and happy holidays. Hey, happy holidays, Floyd. It's great to visit with you this morning. It's good. It's always good hearing your voice, sir. Uh, How have you been? No, I am good, and I hope you had a chance to enjoy some of the festivities over in Buffalo this weekend. You know, we started off lots of businesses had great sales. Uh, there was a free chili feed in Crazy Woman Square. And what's so great about that, all the local businesses and restaurants get together, make that that's entirely free for the folks have that wonderful lighted Christmas parade. I think there were like over 15 floats in that. Uh, you saw a great entry from Johnson County road and bridge. They made a, a little red wagon that was about, uh, 14 feet long uh, on one of our flatbeds. Uh, then the Buffalo FFA kids got together, and uh, they had a hell of a fireworks show to cap off the day. So it was just a great, great time to set the holiday spirit over in Buffalo, and, and we're just so thankful that we had good weather and people could come out and enjoy it. You know, I really, we really wanted to go this year, but uh, we had an appointment up in Billings that we had to be at all day long. So we ended up uh, actually missing it. Uh, pretty disappointed by that, but we were able to get downtown and get some shopping done over the weekend. Uh, she, my oh, wife good. has got uh, some favorite shops that she loves to hit. Um, her family back in Minnesota loves to see anything Buffalo sent to her, especially her dad. Uh, he's pretty easy to shop for. Just head on downtown Buffalo and buy anything that says Buffalo on it. Now, okay, he's got great taste. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. The commission recently made an appointment of the new Johnson County clerk. Can you tell us about that, sir? You know, it was a, a really uh, an interesting situation and certainly uh, a little bit unfortunate. Kate Harriet, who uh, was elected county clerk, has uh, a health issue that's come up. And so she has elected to not take the position. So it started off a process. Uh, Floyd, the Johnson County um, Republican Central Committee, met and interviewed candidates and sent three names to the commissioners. Uh, when they do that, then we have five days to act on those uh, names that they forward to us. And it's a pretty quick turnaround. We got the, the names Friday morning. Um, so we met yesterday. We interviewed the three candidates that were finalists, uh, had a open vote so that everybody could watch the process. Uh, and when the dust settled, uh, one of the deputy clerks in the office right now, Jackie Camino, was selected to be Johnson County's next county clerk. And, and what uh, is interesting about this, uh, Floyd, is that she is going to serve uh, until the next election, which would be in two years. And then she has to run for the remainder of the term. So it's just a two-year appointment that Jackie uh is going to have, and then she'll make the decision. And she's indicated uh, during her interview that she intends to run for the full term. Uh, 
you know, I, it's nice to have somebody who's familiar with the office that's in the office right now. I, I've known Jackie a long time, and uh, she's very competent. She's incredibly friendly and outgoing, and I think she's going to make just a great county clerk. Well, congratulations to Jackie Camino, and uh, here at Sheridan Media, we wish Kate Harriet all the best in the future. Uh, unfortunate that that uh, arose when it did. Sir, what are the duties of a county clerk? What what does this position entail? Well, if you had to think in uh, football terms, the county clerk is kind of the offensive coordinator, the general manager, the head coach. Sometimes they're the quarterback. Uh, they really do it all. And, and, you know, you think about the elections, and that is just a very, very small part of the duties of the county clerk. Uh, the county clerk is the chief budget officer for the county. The county clerk is responsible for all titles, uh, all recordings, whether it's a, a mining claim or a mortgage or a security agreement that is involved with a car loan, uh, marriage licenses. Uh, you're going to go to the county clerk to get death certificates, uh, just so many things beyond just running the election. Uh, you know, as a, a commissioner, I, I jokingly say, I think I talk to the county clerk more than I do my mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's just because you, we have such a, a, an integral and, and working relationship in the day-to-day. County clerk does all the payroll for the county. County clerk handles all of the HR, so the benefits, health insurance. Uh, Wyoming retirement, all of these things that keep the county running and, and also that provide such critical services to the residents that uh, you don't think about. But uh, the clerk is there. And if you've ever been into the, the back uh, of the clerk's office in the vault where all of the track books and you can go into those books and look back to when Johnson County was founded and, and see if the early settlers were uh, filing and, and people were buying lots in the city of Buffalo as it had just been chartered and that's all recorded and you can go through history and watch as property and, and things have changed hands and it, it's just really incredible the amount of history that's involved in that job. And I love that you bring that up sir because you know the Johnson County clerk uh, well a clerk of any smaller type of rural county really does have their hands full they they take on so much responsibilities but i i love that you bring up the fact that they are also keeping history uh when i was working for the newspaper over there in buffalo uh heading back into that safe was was a typical place to be and looking back through history because you know, that's good, solid information right there. And it really does charter all the way through the development of Johnson County, the development and growth of Buffalo. It's pretty amazing to actually sit down with that information once you understand it and understand how to read it. It's it's fascinating. And speaking of property changing hands, uh, the, the Wyoming Game and Fish Department has purchased the Ellis property in southern Johnson County. Can you tell me about this? It is. And uh, for the sportsmen out there, they'll remember a couple years ago, they saw an increase on the price of their conservation stamp. They went up to $21.50. And the Game and Fish uh, was tasked by the legislature to start 
to use that extra money to secure access to help uh, hunters and anglers and bird watchers and, and people that just really like to get out and enjoy uh, Wyoming uh, to give them greater access to the public lands. We all know we've got a lot of public lands that are landlocked or uh, are difficult to access. And so um, that was the Game and Fish's charge. And uh, I believe the first purchase uh, that they're going to do with some of that money will be uh, about 2,000 acres down uh, outside of KC, uh, a part of the old Ellis Sheep Company, uh, a piece of land to hopefully increase public access. And certainly this was not an easy decision for Johnson County to uh, support. And it's not that uh, there isn't 100% support for public access. There are some questions about weed management, about maintenance of fences, uh, and then just a general concern about what happens when you take private property out of private hands and give it to the government. And yeah. So um, a, a really a, a very interesting discussion. Ultimately, um, the county uh, went ahead and, and supported uh, that purchase. Uh, the Game of Fish has to get the support of the county or the legislature, the way the law was written, they're not allowed to access those funds. And so uh, they were going to have to try to pay for that um, purchased by other means. So um, my real hope is that uh, we see the Game and Fish be good partners uh, with the neighbors down there, making sure that they're controlling the weeds. Uh, we're very concerned. Uh, the Mikey family, who is a long, long time Johnson County Ranch family, has leased this property for a long time. They run sheep on it. Uh, we were told that they've been given another year on their lease. Uh, my hope is that the Game and Fish are going to enter into a long-term lease with the Mikeys, uh, so they've gotten some certainty. Uh, this is country that really can't run cows in. Uh, it's country that uh, you graze it for a short time with sheep, and then you got to get the livestock out of there uh, because it becomes pretty inaccessible uh, in the winter. So it's not something where they run livestock year-round. And certainly we know that livestock grazing is great uh, for um, preventing range fire it also helps in the health of the lives uh, of the soil up there and the flora and fauna if you do grazing correctly and certainly the mikeys are really good operators and we know they do that and so um we'll be watching to make sure that uh even though this land is dedicated for sportsmen that also we're going to continue to see an ag use up there that creates jobs in our our community helps funnel um, money back in through sales tax and other things. Uh, and certainly I don't want to downplay um, the investments that sportsmen and uh, people that enjoy the outdoors make to our local economy as well. So it's a real fine balancing act of how um, we can keep ag going, but also uh, continue to increase public access. And I really appreciate you bringing up all of those points because that is something that needs to be discussed. Uh, a government agency shouldn't be able to just walk in and purchase land, even if it is for sale, without some very serious discussion. Because nine times out of ten, once that land is purchased and and becomes something different other than private, it doesn't come back to the private fold very often, does it? It, it doesn't. And, and uh, certainly we all have watched and had some concern, as you see parcels get nominated, that the state of Wyoming owns uh, for sale. And it seems like it's only the rich guy that ever is able to afford those. And so uh, 
we just watch warily as, as we're watching more and more of Johnson County get bought up by uh, rich out-of-state individuals uh, who don't necessarily care about our community. Uh, they're just here to recreate, and then they jump on their jet and leave. Uh, and um, that's certainly maybe not the Johnson County that I want to see. Uh, it's not the Johnson County that I grew up in. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good family-owned land out there. I would like to see continue to be just that. Um, moving on, how are things going on down there at the skilled nursing facility? Well, you know, Floyd, we had talked uh, right after that ribbon cutting, and uh, we had a meeting last uh, week. We we meet a, every other week for an update with the contractors, and they are getting very, very close to uh, finishing Cottage One. Uh, they're in the process of inspections on the uh, other two, and once they can get that certificate of occupancy, uh, then uh, they can look at getting staffing in place, and uh, hopefully uh, in early uh, next year we'll we'll see residents in there. I was hoping that the folks would be in there for Christmas, but uh, things are taking just a little bit longer because of some uh, contractor issues, and that gets back to workforce, and you just they can't find people uh, to work. And uh, they had a the major contractor that was doing the painting. Uh, that company kind of went out of business. They're still honoring their contract to, to get that, uh, painted and all the work done, but, uh, full construction, who's done a great job on this. They're working through that punch list. And, uh, I'm, I'm real hopeful that in early 2023, we'll see residents up enjoying that incredible facility. Are you starting to see an influx or have you seen the influx of interested parties who were looking at employment into this place? Have, have we got some, uh, some skilled nurses and some doctors who have expressed interest to you at all? Uh, you know, I know they are, are inquiring uh, with the folks up at the veterans home about when that uh, application process is going to open up and, and when they can start applying for those positions. But at this point, the legislature has, has authorized the positions and they're funded. Uh, just at this point, nothing's really been advertised yet because they need to have that date of when we can start mm-hmm. so they can bring those folks in and, and get going. And so it's kind of the, the chicken or the egg type uh, situation. And But I, I'm very hopeful uh, that they'll have more than enough folks interested in that. Obviously, uh, whether it's it's Buffalo or Sheridan, we know how tight the housing market is uh, and how difficult that is. And um, certainly I, I'm talking with uh, Luke, uh, the CEO of the hospital here about housing. He's concerned. Um, I've spoken with our superintendent of public instruction, Charles Oski. He's concerned because uh, they're worried on how that uh, first year teacher right out of college or, or that brand new nurse. Uh, can afford or, or even find a place to rent uh, in, in our community or or over in Sheridan, the same problem as over there. And um, it's going to be a struggle, but uh, if we work collectively and, and kind of think out of the box and, and kind of get out of the way of, of private industry, uh, who's going to be the one that's going to solve the housing issue, um, we can get this done. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, a lot of factors going into that. Um, now, what is the Johnson County land use plan? So, Floyd, uh, that was the start of the big discussion last night at the planning and zoning meeting. And, and each county, uh, whether you have zoning regulations or not, uh, has a county land use plan. And that lays out um, 
what the historical and desired uses are for land within your county. Um, it does not stretch into the boundaries of the city limits. Uh, so the land use plan basically starts at the edge of the city and goes out to the county line. And um, our document has not really been updated since 2005. Uh, so the planning commission is going to uh, be putting together an RFP very shortly to go out and uh, kind of solicit some contractors that can work with them to go through the process. We want an incredibly robust process that has lots of public involvement we want the people to comment and help us shape the way we want Johnson County to look for the next 10 or 20 years. And, uh, you know, these documents are only as good as the people who are willing to participate and help make them uh, good, solid documents. Uh, this is something similar to uh, the county's natural resource plan, and every county in the state has one of those. Uh, we use that when we're dealing with the federal land management agencies, whether it's the Forest Service or the BLM, uh, and, and that allows us to use our cooperating agency status, uh, and that lets us tell the federal agencies how we want to see uh, our natural resources be used. And so this document complements that, but they are, are, are different because that document pertains to the, the federal lands that are in Johnson County as well as the state lands. This one is specific to private property and how we want to uh, see things develop. And we're going to have growth, but I'd much rather see growth on our terms than unfettered uh, growth, certainly. Uh, as you're driving to Sheridan every morning, I know you can, if the light is right, probably see all the houses that are popping up around Lake DeSmid. And, uh, I do, also, yeah. Uh, in, in that Emerald Park area. And, um, you know, there's certainly some questions as you see uh, – valuable uh, agricultural land being taken out of production for new uh, housing developments. Uh, just what that does to the West, certainly it has an impact on wildlife. Uh, as you see, uh, pieces of land being cut up and fences put in. So uh, that's why this document is just so important. Absolutely. Um, and making sure that the growth that uh, is going to happen, like you said, no matter what, it's going to happen. But controlled growth is is better than than that chaos commissioner i want to thank you so much for calling in today happy holidays to you the johnson county commission and everyone working hard in that office hey thanks Floyd. good to talk to you you've been listening to public pulse on 930 kroe and 103.9 fm sheridan Federal Bank and Trust is excited to announce the First Federal Community Commitment Program. Each week for 52 weeks starting in January, First Federal will select a Sheridan County nonprofit who will receive $1,000 in cash, plus Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. You can find an entry form at any First Federal Bank location or online at efirstfederal.bank. If you've received a donation from First Federal in the last three years, you're automatically entered into the drawing. Community Commitment, presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. Want to save money this holiday season? At Legacy Diamond and Gems, they have a wide selection of beautiful jewelry all on sale up to 50% off. Their total store renovation in 2023 motivates them to sell at discounts like never before. Again, save up to 50% off in-stock items only for a limited time. 
Hurry into Legacy Diamond and Gems while the selection is at its best and where quality and value are always in style. Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. The wish you could smell this ad deal. Because if you could, you'd be smelling McDonald's fries right now. And they smell like McDonald's fries. Enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like six-piece chicken McNuggets, hot and spicy McChicken, or McDouble, each paired with small fries. And add in any size Coke or sweet tea. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Amazing Meats Extraordinary, The Magic Returns at the Wild Theater tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Talented locals John Rodolini and A.J. Longhurst bring their own magical experiences to the Wild stage with sleight-of-hand magic and illusions that will surely please audiences of all ages. Amazing Meats Extraordinary, The Magic Returns tomorrow night. Get your tickets for this magical experience now at the Wild Theater box office or online at wildtheater.com. No matter what, people need what you bring them. But sometimes a choice has to be made. You can make a safe one. Always expect a train. Know that trains can run on any track at any time in either direction. Understand that trains are faster and quieter than you think. You can stop track tragedies. Never try to beat a train. You are more important than your packages. See tracks? Think train. Go to OLI.org. Sponsored by the Wyoming Association of Broadcasters, Wyoming Operation Lifesaver, and this station. The Sheridan County Chamber of Commerce and Sheridan Media invite you to vote in this year's Christmas Stroll People's Choice Lighting and Decorating Contest. Visit SheridanMedia.com to see the list of businesses participating in the contest. Visit each business and check out both their indoor and outdoor decorations. Then vote for your favorite at SheridanMedia.com. You can vote once per day through 11 p.m. on December 11th. For questions, contact the Chamber at 672-2485. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. K-R-O-B, Sheridan.